Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Friday morning, the last Friday of 2022. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, we're sure glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll kind of look back at the year a little bit toward the end of the show. Uh, what a, maybe a couple of the favorite things about the sports calendar this year. High school hoops, man, Class A girls are showing out in some of these big tournaments. Incredible. Uh, we'll tell you about that. College football, we got the playoff games coming up this weekend. Last night, the Sooners and Florida State. I'm anxious to see what these two gentlemen in this room with me think about that. Feels like there's a lot of glad going on for a 6-7 and seven OU team. Maybe that just is indicative of how bad the season really was to start seeing a little bit of you know, positive signs. I think there's a lot to a lot to unpack about last night's game, and I think you can either be glass half full or you can be glass half empty, depending on kind of how your personality is or what you you think about last night. Uh, Dallas stays in the race for the NFC East title. Oklahoma City falls in Charlotte, and it is a Garrison Financial Friday. Scotty G is back with us today. Get his thoughts. Feel where he's been. How was this Christmas? Anything cool? going on we'll ask him right here off the top of the show 225-9698 is the phone of the text line that's 225-9698 give us a call shoot us a text talk about anything in the world of sports if you've got a favorite sport memory from the year of 2022 let us know 225-9698 if you're outside the listening area stay with us kadsam.com or i or the itunes kadsam.com or the app the app's got all the radio it's got the penny news Big Elk TV and Paragon TV coming back online this next week with, I mean, wall-to-wall basketball for about two months straight uh, leading into the state tournaments there in the 1st of March. And then uh, the Skinny on Sports podcast still there on KADSAM.com. Some older ones on iTunes as we get that figured out. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing good. I, um, I'm good. How are, are you? Are you good? Yeah, I... I was trying to. Where think. you been? Was, Where you been, Scott? I don't. I, I oh, see you yeah. all the time. All Where right. you been? Well, right. I'll just start working, shut up. grinding things out. You know. <clears throat> Have you been on any cool adventures since we last saw you? I haven't been on any cool adventures. No, no. You have a wry look to your face. No, there. I'm just wondering. Oh, okay. No, nope. Just uh, hanging around here in Elk City and doing some work and going to meetings. Well, we've um, we've missed you since the greatest sporting event ever played. Yeah, you have. I know. <clears throat> I know. How great was that game? Come on. Tell me that you didn't enjoy the game. I, I'll tell you. Oh, I, I Jared watched every second of I it. I watched every second of it. I I was basketball up here. I there was it's anyway, but I did go back. I will say this. After figuring out what happened, I did go back and watch some of the extra time. And it was it was like even knowing the result, it was still like yeah. I didn't know when certain things happened as far as scoring and all that. And then I had no idea the last 45 seconds was going to be like the 
cup-saving goal that it goes yeah. down to the other end and it comes back down. It was fantastic. So here, Here is, and I heard some other people say this, and I think it's, for people that don't like soccer, if it was like that, yes, everyone would watch it. But I mean, but, but you know what? Though no game is like that. <laughs> but no matter what, what it is, that's also exactly why I stopped watching the NBA. Well, that's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that because the NBA that I grew up with and that I enjoyed was Larry Bird and the Celtics. Yeah, and there was no flopping with Larry Bird and the Celtics. Right, yeah. right. You know. And, and I mean, basically the NBA now is just, you know, somebody gets close to you, then kind of throw it up there and fall down on the ground and start crying. and Yeah. And <clears throat> what's bad is you start to see that filter down through the other forms of basketball. I mean, I'm watching sixth grade basketball and I see kick oh, your head back. Oh, my like, gosh. It's like, oh, my gosh, quit watching James Harden, please, for the rest of your life. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it was an incredible game and an, an awesome, I think, springboard to what's coming in four years here because the American team did what everybody wanted to and expected them to do, which was get into that, get into the knockout round, and they're ultra young. Yes, and so I think moving forward, at least for this next cup. People got a taste of who these guys were, and now are going to kind of get to know them a little bit better. And maybe some other guys that um, didn't get as much play as maybe they thought they should, or some others thought they should going for it. And, and but anyway, I thought uh, as yeah. far as that goes, build, building up to the to the World Cup coming here, man, I, I don't think it could have gone any better. And, and that final was just it was incredible. Yeah, it's, game. it's it was an incredible game. I mean it. For for Messi to go out like that. Speaking of, did you see yesterday? Pelé. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He is no 82. longer with us, man. Eighty-two years old. Yeah. He lived a pretty good life. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I can't even imagine the royalty <laughs> that he was in Brazil. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. But it, it's a shame when it comes that death when you realize or you start to kind of be reminded how great he was when he played. Yeah. You know. Um. Amazing. When you watch the sport today and then you hear the numbers and stuff that he did, especially mm-hmm. in the World Cup, it's mind-blowing. It's, yeah. it's incredible. He was one of the first kind of finesse players, you know, I mean, that, 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 that brought that touch to the ball. And before that, it was pretty much football with, with a round ball. Right. You just tried to go through anybody you had to go through. And, and so he, he definitely changed the sport. But, hey – I, I tell you what, it's been about 10 years. 10 years ago, when bowl season came around, uh-huh. Melissa knew not to plan any events. Melissa knew, hey, Scott's watching bowl, college football for the next two weeks. Yeah. Last night was the first bowl game that I watched this entire season. Uh, yeah. I, it's well, just bowls stink. They're and and Skinny and I texted back and forth a little bit about that, but they're just. But I tell you what, both teams came out. Both teams looked like they had their full heart in the game. Even Oklahoma had most of its players playing. I know it helped that it was in Florida, but it even looked like there a ton of fans. I know most of them were. Florida State fans, but it was kind of nice to see a stadium that looked semi-full. You know, yeah. other games we've watched is it's like nobody's there. 
Exactly. It's the same way. It's like, well, why should we go if kids aren't into it? The kids are opting out. The star players are, aren't playing. But it, last night was a little refreshing. It was a good game. It looked like both teams cared. And then the fans uh, showed out, too. So. It's because you're finally getting the bowls that ought to exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's very We've true. been through this entire <laughs> week and a half with stuff that should never be played. That's true. You know, what, what was you mentioned the, the crowd. And the crowds have been awful everywhere except for before last night, the night before. You finally saw a packed house in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. And that's one of those old games that ought to exist. Right. I mean, I heard Mark and, and Brad talking about this yesterday or maybe been Tuesday. Do you know how many bowl games existed in 1990? Uh, like 16. 15. 15. And how many are there now? And now 43. Uh, too, too many. <laughs> well, there's 42 if you count the playoffs because wow. the 43rd one we've picked is the national title game. Wow. I, I mean, they're... Obviously, it's going to be hard to put that money cat in the back, back in the back, because from TV. I mean, it's obviously making ESPN money. Yeah. To to do to have all these games, they wouldn't do it. But man, like last night, Oklahoma shouldn't have been in a bowl game. No, no. They just should. And I saw somebody. I can't remember who it was on Twitter after one of the games, and I think it was after the Kansas. Even as good as that game was with Arkansas, and it was. That was great, but you don't see enough of those with six and six teams. You ought to have to win eight games. Instead of winning six, make you win eight, and then that, sh- that shrinks that field down back to where now all of a sudden you get ma- – I mean, no offense to OU, but Florida State, nine and three, number 13 in the country, and you have to play six and six Oklahoma? Yeah. You deserve a better opponent than that. Well, and, and you know, like you say, the, the only time that there weren't a, that there wasn't a packed house in the, back in the day was the the bowl game in, in Hawaii. That's right. That's the only time that it wasn't packed. Every so. every <laughs> every other one was just full as can be, and and now you're seeing there's so many of them. Heck, some of the big ones aren't full. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll see a Sugar Bowl not full or Jerry's World not full, and that's you know stadiums are bigger than they were back then. I mean, we needed, but still, yeah, I, I think it's just a product of way too many of them. So, do you know what is going to happen with the expansion as far as money paid to the conferences? Man, I have you looked at this. I have heard talk of this or seen it is obscene amount of money. Triple with the new twelve-team playoff. If it goes the way that they expect it to go, this is according to Athletic Director uh, $670 million per year is now split between all conferences. Uh, the new CFP payout for 11 games, 11 playoff games, uh, will be $1.9 billion. And if you're wondering why there's a 12 twelve-team playoff on the horizon, you just <laughs> found your answer. There you go. This will put college football second in all sports for revenue. Above the NBA. Yeah, I mean, part of me is kind of surprised it's not already there. But the NBA TV package is monster. And there's so many more games and so many more, you know, there's just a lot more well, that, they, and, that each and, team plays. And I guess this doesn't, saying. this isn't counting revenue that goes directly to schools. So when you have 100,000 people in the stadium in in Michigan and Ohio State right. and Oklahoma, it's not counting that. This is talking about 
numbers that they can count coming from. So here's here's the kicker. You want to know why Notre Dame's staying independent? They get some. They, what, they get a twelfth of it or something. If if they make the amount of playoffs that they would have made, so they went off of the last ten years and they averaged. Okay. They averaged conferences and Notre Dame being independent. They averaged how many times they would have made the playoffs if it was twelve. If it were a twelve yeah. team playoff, Notre Dame would average forty four million dollars a year. Yeah. Just from the playoff. Yeah, you get that. Then you get TV money, which right now they're way underpaid versus everybody else's split with the conference. But that's also coming up. Come and do with NBC again. And so even if they say double that, now they're up in the $100 million range. Just yeah. like everybody, just like the SEC and the Big Ten are trying to get their teams too. Right. Yeah. Doesn't, sure, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. There you go. Actually, the... Even if Oklahoma moving, that's one of the things that surprised me. It said that Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC, uh, as far as playoff money, mm-hmm. the way it's split, actually don't improve their situation at all because you have 16 teams. Right. Yeah. It's all TV <clears throat> where, where those conferences, uh, the the alignment with ESPN is going to kick in and, and make a lot bigger difference. Of course, I guess that also they also must not have taken into account that the Big 12 is going to be 18 teams next year, right? Not eighteen. No, we're going to be. We're going to be fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen. They didn't yes. talk about that in the article, so they probably weren't. Might have been written before that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fourteen, then down to back back to twelve. Right. Where the name fits again. <laughs> After next year. <laughs> so all right, what do you think? What did you think last night? I that Sawchuck kid. I want to know why he didn't play all year. Uh, I will tell you, he was hurt early. Did he get hurt early? He was hurt early, and then I think that they saw what Gray was Mm -hmm. and had definitely improved. Barnes was capable, and they tried to sneak a redshirt year out of him. That's what happened. And then last night, it didn't count, so let's see what he did. Who did he remind you of? Quentin Griffin is who he reminded me of. So he reminded me of Rodney Anderson. A littler, like a... Pints like a little smaller Rodney Anderson. Just I think the way his hips kind of moved was like. I mean, Rodney looked different than. But anyway, he could just find holes. Yeah, he, and he could. He ran between the tackles there. really well. Yeah. Really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was so funny. I was watching. I was at my kid's practice, had an iPad, and I'm watching another dad sitting with me. And right when he ran through one of those holes, when he hit the t- uh, hit the gap pretty good. He fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and I said it too. I said, "Man, he hits those holes really good." Boom, fumbles. Like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. That was the theme for me all season long. Yeah, like, as soon as I his... got positive about OU, something bad would happen. <laughs> it was it, – it, it wasn't – I mean, it was his fault because he fumbled it. But it wasn't like he wasn't caring. I mean, he had both arms yeah, around the ball. Put his head, they, they, they had to put his hat right on the, yeah, right it was on the ball. Just so. one of those like, – no. And it was also impressive he was doing that behind a makeshift offensive line. Yeah. You know. Because of injuries and opt-outs. I just I, – I think there was a lot of optimism last night, like you say, uh, going towards next year. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I had a lot of optimism after the game. Then I slept on it. <laughs> six and seven, still six and seven. Debbie Downer over here. It, uh, <laughs> it broke a 23-straight season yep. of not having losing records. OU was the last Power 5 team to not have a losing season in the in the this millennium. They oh, were the man. they were going into last night they were the only <clears throat> only of the power 5 that had not had a losing season. 
Wow. Here's my question. If I want to, uh, I can go both ways. That freshman duo, the running backs, first one since 1985 to have over 100 yards in the same game. I'm trying to think of who was that. 85. Like Anthony Stafford and Patrick Collins or somebody like that. Well, was Lydell Carr Lydell playing? Carr, it, yeah, but I, think he, I don't think he was a freshman. I think he'd already been there before. No, he wouldn't have been a freshman. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So true, fresh, true freshman yeah. guys. Wow. Of course, back then – you never know. They might have beat Kansas State eighty-seven to ten. This is true. And they played about eight running backs and two guys that never did anything. Ne- happened yeah. to get a hundred. Yeah. But uh, that's. I mean, to say that at that school with what's yeah. been there—that's pretty against a pretty good opponent. Against a good opponent. Now here's the problem. All this, all the things that you you got to see last night, and all the 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 good mojo, it's still only on one side of the ball. I know. Still only on one side. And the other side looks so good for a quarter. One quarter. <laughs> one of, uh, let's see, 52. One of 52 quarters. <laughs> That's not true. Early, there was one early on. Yeah, against Nebraska. Three quarters really in Nebraska. That's four of 52. So, I mean, that, that ratio <laughs> is somewhere below 25%. It was pretty poor. Here's what I... We're going to talk about it later, too, but I'm going to need BV to quit looking like the defensive coordinator and start looking like the head coach. Yep. Because these tight games, of which OU lost the last, what, four by a field goal? Literally, the last four by a field goal. Last night, and there's every one of these, there's little spots where you go, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. Man, I sure hope we don't need that timeout. He just wasted because he got mad at the say. secondary because not yeah. covering anybody. Who cares? Let them score and then rip them on the sideline. They're on the 20-yard line. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sure would have been handy to have that timeout there at the end and not have to take a 10-second runoff sure when your would've. quarterback wouldn't let somebody get set. Yeah, sure would have. It's an interesting uh, – There, but there were some there – Who's number four? Jaden Davis Good on defense. Lord. Yes. He would just take off running backwards. Or he would just stop. He was so scared to get beat deep, I think. That, that, that one, <laughs> the one where the big guy caught it and they tackled him at the one. Right after the timeout, I think. Actually, what's the very next play? He took off running. He was on the back line of the end zone when the guy caught it about the 10. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's where about the time you start to think, man, it's all offense, though. Or are we trusting – the dude that laid out Gabriel from Tech and a true freshman to, to change the safeties. Because, no offense, I know everybody says the guy loved it and played his tail off. Broyles ain't the man. I'm so, I already knew where you were going so, with that. I, I will be so happy not to see 25. And you know it's bad when, uh, of course, that the guy caught it with one hand, whatever, the six seven giant, and even BV was like, yeah, that, uh, that shouldn't happen. We don't need Broyles on that guy. Yeah. Well. No need rules on any guy. No, I mean, God no. love him. You hate that. I mean, he tried his hardest. He did. Just it needs to be somebody that when they try their hardest, they're just a little bit better. I agree. Or maybe a whole hell of a lot. They're a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, what you got going on here? Right at the end of the year, people. Uh, there's some, there are a lot of a lot of things financially that people need to be worried about. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things going on. Uh, like I said uh, previously, we have until April fifteenth to take care of a lot of things for your taxes that we can still do uh, to actually put you on a plan. 
um, not just give you a tax deduction, but actually put you on a plan towards savings and, and put you on a plan towards, towards uh, freedom. So come down and see me. Uh, shoot me an email. I'll get back to you. Um, let's do it. Let's set something up. <laughs> oh, text line. Those DBs are playing COVID defense six feet away at all times. I'm using that all the time now. I'm using uh, that all the time. We got to give Jeremy Robbins credit for that one. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Hey, Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main. You'd be in the office. This is a, a busy time, I'm sure, from now through yeah. tax day uh, for you as well as the, all the accountants to get sure everything will be. in order. And like you said, it's not just a 179 tax deduction. No. It's about planning. There you go. And being able to, to invest your money and save your money and keep your money. Be a steward, not a spender. That's right. It, it be a great steward of the land, That's like Jimmy it. Clark. Of the tax land. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Appreciate your time. Have a uh, happy new year. Yeah, you guys do the same. That is Scotty G. Scott Garrison at Garrison Financial. As I mentioned, 124 North Main Street right here in Elk City. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email. Full financial planning. And shop the open market, bring in the best value on life insurance and investments. We'll tell you all about what all he can do for you as we move along. Um, I guess we can – you want to continue the OU talk or you want to kind of stop that for a second, mention what happened last night in the NFL, and then when we come back we'll hit uh, OU Totally up hard. to you. All right, Cowboys where, win where last night. Yeah. You know, it's a game they should have won, did win. It's got to start being at some point. I know it's already a conversation, but now I think it's it's too full blown concern. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, the disappearance of the pass rush. Yeah, where yeah. has the pass rush gone? It seemed like when Parsons would get in there, it'd always be a half a step late. You know, they finally did have finally a sack. Kind of had some success, and maybe um, had some success forcing some bad pass from passes from Dobbs. But he had some good wide receivers bailing him out at times, and you know he took every second he could get. But like outside of Parsons, though, there wasn't much there from Man, anyone else. It just you know middle of the season, it, it seemed like. Good luck keeping Dallas from sacking your quarterback four, five, six times a game, and now that's only two over the last four. So that's you know that's that's a concern, especially with the beat up secondary and a secondary that that I mean obviously Trayvon Diggs likes to gamble. Well, guess what? When those guys are back there in the quarterback's face, those gambles, you know what they turn into? Turnover. Interceptions. Yeah. You know when they have all day to to pump fake and double moving, they turn into large gains. Right. So the pass rush for Dallas defensively has got to be a concern. Offensively, you know, I, I know that that we can talk about whose fault interceptions are. Was it a wrong route? Was it tip ball? Was it the quarterback? At some point, though, Dak Prescott leads the league in interceptions, and he missed five games. Yeah, yeah, I saw that stat. That's concerning as well in playoff games that you know are going to be close and are going to come down to you know a mistake one way or the other or execution here and there you know Dallas three turnovers last night that can't happen in in a playoff game again uh, you know, against Tom Brady and or whoever else but the Cowboys did win handled uh, Tennessee as they should have man if you're Tennessee in that game next week they made the move to Josh Dobbs last night instead of Malik Willis that has to 
remain the case, right? I mean, Willis has been awful. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Dobbs looked. I mean, for, he looked competent. I oh, mean, sure. Yeah. Only twenty of thirty-nine, but it felt like he played better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He felt like he was better than half com- completion. Two thirty-two, a touchdown, and a pick. But Cowboys win. So they, tell you what, I mean, here's the thing: I've given up as far as Super Bowl contenders for Cowboys because what's the one common thing from the very first Super Bowl all the way to now? Good quarterback play. And Dak isn't it? He's just not it for me. You don't see Dak leading the team to a Super Bowl. I'll disagree with that a million percent. So, especially in this in in the current climate of quarterbacks in the NFC, who else you want outside of Tom Brady? Who else do you want? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, I know you don't like Hurts, but well, and, and a bum shoulder too, right? Kirk Cousins? I just don't see Dak navigating. I just he just I don't see any of them doing it. Way of turning the ball somebody over will. That's the whole point though. I don't see any of them really being able to do it. But one of them's gonna have to. And think about if Brady doesn't make it. Sam Darnold? Desmond Ritter. Who's is Desmond Ritter even is he the guy? No, they can't make it. Atlanta can't make it. They're out. Uh the Red Rocket or Taysom Hill? I mean, the, if there was a year is what I'm saying. You can make the argument pretty well that you wouldn't rather have anybody but him. With what's going to be there, Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz, Daniel <laughs> it's Jones. Like, it's like lining them up and playing backyard football and going, okay, who do you want? And you're picking your team and you go, do I have to pick one of these guys? Well, that's you're, you're right. Kind of looking around like, Anyone else? And especially when you can just shoot over to the other the other conference. Yeah. And you've got your choice of Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, maybe Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. That's <laughs> when you go. Can we have an all time quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Like the guy who takes a snap for both teams. Yeah. Uh, you remember doing that in the in the yard? Surely one of these other guys in, in the AFC are looking around, going, "Boy, if I'd have just been on a different <laughs> team, I could have been over there with those schlups." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and somebody's going to have to do it. And we've been but, talking. I mean, do you get what I'm saying, though? It's, I, it's, if, yeah, but, yeah. If this is the year, I get it. But it's almost like okay. <laughs> I was mentioning last night. We um, had some friends over and uh, watching games, and then we got turned to the Dallas game, and then it's like you know they're winning. And then they started to pull away, and you could tell okay they're gonna win. I was like, man, I was just joking. I was like, ah, man. I told my wife, ah. I can't wait to have the Super Bowl party here when Dallas is in it. And she, and she looked at me and said, I don't think I want to have friends over if Dallas is in the Super Bowl <laughs> with the way you act. And I think she's right because if that's the case, I mean, Dallas would probably get their doors blown off. You know what's interesting, though? Any NFC team would. You know what's but, interesting? What's that? Nobody. Nobody in the NFL has more wins against the best teams than Dallas nobody has a better record against the best teams than Dallas nobody has a better record against winning teams than Dallas it's like they play to the competition yeah and a couple of times they played down and it's got their butt beat but when you look at who I mean listen Bengals they beat the Bengals they beat the Eagles they beat the Vikings Rams? The Rams. Well, well, no, I'm talking about the good teams. The good teams. Okay. 
Like nobody this year, good yeah, teams. Yeah, this year, the good teams. The, the ones with the double-digit wins. Nobody else has beaten those those types of teams that many times. Nobody's beaten more teams with winning record than Dallas. That's true. It's, it, they so do it's, seem to play It's up weird because it, down. Yeah. it doesn't feel like they're playing great. Right. Even beating Philly. It's like, ah, what's wrong with the Cowboys? Yeah. Well, I don't know. They just beat the best team in the league. But it's just, I mean, isn't that, it doesn't that, feel right, though. You're, that I, I, stigma only applies right. to the Cowboys, right? They're 12-4, and four and it only applies to them. I mean, I mean Stephen it, A is probably going crazy right now. In back-to-back weeks, we saw Dallas make a game-winning drive against Houston, and everybody said they were awful because of it. The very next week, Mahomes has to go to overtime to beat Houston. And Kansas City's a great team. Nobody says it. Don't even mention that game because it was yeah. Kansas City going to beat Houston in some ways. But there's also you just God. It, there's just I'm with you. It, there's something that doesn't feel right. It, it, you know things that you counted on early, defense, being able to rush the quarterback. You know you always knew that bugaboo of stopping the run was there. Now they've got guys hurt in the secondary, and the pass rush isn't helping them out. You know Dak's throwing interceptions, but he's also on the other side of it. He's also playing. I mean, he was awesome against Philly after he threw the pick six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's like even as much as the mistakes are bothering you and you can almost see that storm coming in a playoff game when he throws a, a, a bad interception. Oh, I can see the storm coming in a play. Like yeah. when he's scrambling, like, oh, and I said it too, like, here it comes, here it comes, wait for it, here it comes. He's scrambling, he's going to throw it to the wrong color jersey. But – He's also been at the helm of all these wins. Question. Let's say Philly wins. Mm-hmm. NFC's locked up. The yes. East is locked up. That's right. Okay. If you're Dallas, do you rest players at Washington? Man, I think you rest guys that are – this is always – it's such a hard decision because you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if you don't rest guys and somebody gets hurt – you look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. But if you do rest everybody and you come out and you look play like crap the next play week, flat the next week in the playoffs, then you look like an idiot. Right. I mean, how many times have we seen a team that has been great all year end up? But the difference is there. I guess you get two weeks off for those for those teams that had buys. Yeah, you know, and and you're really trying to protect guys, and then you don't play the last week of the regular season. You miss wild card week, and all of a sudden you haven't played in two. That's that's not going to happen for Dallas. Maybe they can use it like a bye week for any guy that's even sort of questionable. Don't risk it. If you're totally healthy, go play, stay in a rhythm, or even play a you know a quarter or a half. Make it maybe make it like the third preseason game used to be, kind of that dress rehearsal game. You play a half and then everybody else sure because it doesn't. Yeah. If Philly wins this week, it matters zero what happens for Dallas because they're the fifth seed. Right. It's that that is over. Right. Now, here is a question. I was thinking about this earlier. You got any idea what happens if, let's say, Green Bay be- beats Minnesota this week, Philly loses out, and Dallas and San Francisco? What, what if everybody's twelve and four? Got any idea how those tiebreakers uh, work? No, no, <laughs> I don't either. Do you? No, I, don't I would know. bet. I would bet it goes to conference starts, record. Starts with conference record. Starts with conference record. I would bet so, and if, because not everybody's in the same division, right? You can't go head to head because not. Not everybody played. Now, right. if somebody did beat each other, right? Like, I mean, but you know, Dallas and Philly split, right? So that that, that kind of, so, uh, I would bet it's conference record, which right now would mean San Francisco would be the one seed because hmm. they're nine and two, 
in the in the uh, NFC. Yeah. Dallas and Philly are eight. Well, Philly would end up eight and four if Dallas would have to win, so they'd end up nine and three. And then the, the Vikings would have to lose one, which would Green Bay would be possibility this week. Who do they play after that? Maybe is it an NFC team? Yep, Bears. So they would be. So I think it would go San Francisco, Dallas, Vikings. Huh. Because then Philly would not win the division in that scenario. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, just, yeah. I was thinking about what happens if they all four tie? That's a good one. I'd love to see it. To know if we're right. <laughs> yeah. Or just to see chaos, you know. I'd love to see that stuff. Oh, it'd be awesome. I'd love to see, uh, you know, we kind of we talked about opt-out in bowl games. I would love to see the last week of the NFL season where there isn't a lot of resting because there's still, like, every game matters in some form or fashion. Man, AFC, they're not going to be. No matter what happens Monday night. Because if Cincinnati wins, now they're in position to be the one seed if they've got to win the next game and hope and hope the, the Chiefs lose. Right. If Buffalo wins, they've still got to win again to keep the Chiefs at bay. You know, I guess if Kansas City lost one, Buffalo could win Monday night and then they could be then they could be in that situation to be off. And I you know, you wonder about Philly. If they're, you know, with Hurts and his shoulder, boy, they it would sure behoove them to win this week. Oh yeah. Let Hurts get, you know, rest that thing up if it really is a problem. You know, maybe yeah. you don't mind him resting for two weeks, but then also then you got two weeks off before presumably the Cowboys are coming to town. Right. So, yeah, it is. It, you know, it, it does seem like there's more teams having to play here at the end this year than some. You know, sometimes it's already kind of locked up, at least for one team. Yeah. It's yeah. weird that nobody has it. No. Unless Philly can win this week. Yeah, but I like that plan. If you're Dallas and it doesn't mean anything against Washington, play a half. Yeah. You can't sit a mile the whole game, I don't right. think. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Mock! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal right here on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott was with us a little bit earlier uh, talking about, you know, don't forget, it's not just tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't necessarily the deadline on a lot of this stuff. Tax day is the deadline uh, right. to be able to get your, your financial house completely in order and then start making your money work for you. 
uh, go visit him. Uh, 124 North Main Street, Scott at SoonerWealth.com. If you like to kind of, if you like to to manage your stuff, but you're just not sure how to get it started, uh, he can charge you hour, hourly to build you a plan that then you can manage as you watch the the markets kind of kind of go through the ups and downs. He can manage those for you uh, if you want. If you've got more of a hands on hands off uh, attitude about it. And he works, like I said, with those accountants as, as you move forward toward April 15th uh, to be able to get everything streamlined, get every, all the ramifications of what you're doing financially um, to, to let you understand along with your accountants and, and work with those, those folks to get everything right on a, on a really nice line there uh, for, your, for your financial future, not, uh, not only in 2022 but beyond in 2023 as we flip the page here coming up on uh, tomorrow night. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main in Elk City. All right, what did you think last night? Uh, give me your your full gamut of your thoughts as uh, you watched Oklahoma and Florida State. Well, it was a worthy effort. I think the offensive game plan was excellent. Um, they clearly broke down film and saw what uh, they how they could attack Florida State's defense uh, with su- success. Uh, a lot of the end-around stuff, they knew they, OU felt like we can get – uh, to the edge, we got a good shot, and more often than not, they did that. We mentioned the running backs. That was promising for the future anyways. But, you know, and then I mentioned the, the makeshift offensive line. Um, haven't done a lot of homework. wonder how much of that is intact for next season, the offensive line that is. Every bit of it. So that's encouraging. Everything right there is encouraging. Um, you know, making it easier for Gabriel. He made some awesome throws, you know, obviously to Mims a couple times and. Um, you know, but making it easier for him, not requiring him to throw as much as uh, they have in the past or this season. It's, you know, take that pressure off of him by letting that run game work and then making it manageable for him. Um, so, I mean, offensively was good. Defensively, we talked about it. I mean, I, that first quarter, quarter and a half, and it was what it was. And, uh, you know, going to the locker room with the lead at halftime and, I'll just hold my breath like, okay, eventually this defense is going to break down, and, and it did. They, gave up two, they seemed like the secondary, just from what I saw, was too scared to get beat deep. Every time you saw a long pass completed, not every time, but most times a long pass completed by Travis was then where, okay, the pass would be completed. My next thought is, where's the defensive back? And you'd see him come from behind, like, as if he thought it was going to be like a just a straight-up streak route, like Hail Mary style. He was so scared to get beat deep. It seemed like every one of them was. And then they come in and make the tackle. Wasn't there on his hip or, or didn't anticipate. You know, you got to take risk. It's a bowl game, last game of the season. Um, so there's obviously the same defensive flaws we've seen all season long. It, it returned in the second half. and But, I mean, it was nice – this is so sad to say, but it, I mean, it's almost heartbreaking, not heartbreaking, more of a devastating loss when it's like that by three points when you go into it thinking they're going to lose by 35 points, right? And point out, you know, there's the holding call that took a touchdown off the board. There's a missed field goal. You know, there's there's 10 points right there, and it, things could have been different uh, if it was executed a little better, but... You know, it is what it is. It's just that whole game right there just, to me, kind of summed up the entire season of how it went. You know, losing those close games, defensive flaws, 
you know, good. I mean, offensively, good enough. Um, but we'll see what year two looks like under under Venables. It's going to have to be better, clearly. You can't have another losing season. I don't think there's a lot of patience for that. Uh, if not just oh, for no. not just for you fans, but I'm talking administration, you know, from the tippy top all the way down. And I think Venables knows that. And you're, and I don't think he's done in the portal. I think we'll see some more acquisitions come in and and f- looking for some immediate help because that's what's needed, especially on the defensive side. I'm encouraged with the offense moving forward. Hope Gabriel comes back. I'll put it out there. I hope he comes back. I think in year two under Levy and his final year of eligibility will will be successful. Stoops is coming back. We've seen the running backs. The offense flying, like you just mentioned, is all coming back. I mean, that's encouraging to me. But the defense, we got to see immediate change there, immediate change. And I'm anxious to see how that looks between now going into spring camp, fall camp. Who are those dudes? Who are those guys? And um, – because that is the difference between three-point losses and maybe a three-point win, is that defense. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and that's the – you know, it's always complimentary. You hear Brent Venables use that complimentary football. You know, for the first quarter or so, there was. You know, the defense got a couple of fourth-down stops. The offense took advantage of it. And, you you know, the I know everybody's going to point to the one-handed catch, which was just awesome by, by Johnny Wilson there to set up the game-winning field goal. But I think you hit the most important play of the game. I mean, Sawchuck takes it to the house, and it looks like it's 21-3. to Yeah. And not only do you take those points off the board, then Schmidt misses the field goal. What happens right after that? Travis takes Florida State down, two-point conversion after a touchdown, and all of a sudden, instead of 21-3, to it's 14-11. But those are the mistakes and the, and the things that happen to teams that figure out how to lose games and not win them. You know, you, you can sit here, and I, I actually think it's a – it it could be a positive moving forward that Oklahoma wasn't able to wiggle wiggle their way out of some of these tight spots because if they're sitting here at 8 and 5 or 9 and 4 and win a few of those field goal games then i don't think the it's maybe not the panic button but the the slap you in the face and realization of what's really wrong here doesn't come through as much in my mind at nine and four as it does at six and five, at six and seven, and so I think that could it could be used that way and and used that way meaning get immediate help on the defense through the portal. They did a hell of a job recruiting, obviously with the high school kids, but how many of those guys are ready to go? Not many. Not many. Not normally. Not many. So. Where does that help come from? It has to come from the portal, and this is what we're talking about. I mean, you have you're, you're, the lifeblood of your program has to be high school kids in the recruiting because there's so many more of them you can you can work with, right? Mm-hmm. But they're also you got to supplement that with the portal, and I think that's what they're trying to do. And notice notice where those portal guys are coming from outside of Stogner, who used to be here, defensive line, and for good reason. Jordan Travis had all day. Just yeah. like every other quarterback outside of Casey Thompson has had against the OU defense all damn day because their defensive line, the guys either aren't ready or they're not good enough. It's one of the two. But it, that that has to get better. In order for Oklahoma 
to not repeat some some semblance of what happened. Now they might be able to win a couple of those closer games next year, and but it's still not going to be up to any sort of OU standard that has been set, and it's darn sure not going to be ready to roll in the SEC in twenty twenty four. Oh no, I just reminded myself of the portal guys we got coming in now. Only one's offensive. That's right. And you know, yeah. And, and, and you it, mentioned the defensive line, of course, Trace Ford and Jacob Lacey um, on the line, Ed Rusher to uh, uh, McCullough. That's right. Yeah. I so, mean, in safety, uh, Reggie Pearson. It's so, being I mean, the, the spots where you notice big time issues are being addressed. It looks like yeah. it, or at least trying to be. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and with guys that played at Power Fives that had success at Power Fives. That's what I mean, outside of maybe Lacey. But you're talking about, I mean, Trace Ford, there was a time where he might have been the best defensive player in the Big 12 before he started getting hurt. Obviously, McCullough made a hand at Indiana. You know, and then we saw Pearson, Pearson at the safety position. And, you know, is that a stopgap for a year before Peyton Bowen can get his feet under him? Or is it Peyton Bowen and Reggie Pearson? Yeah. Question. Because I don't think – I mean, we're going to pick on Jaden Davis because the camera angles were just terrible and, hit, and hit against him to see him bailing out of there. And I know this is a name that people are going to be like, oh, uh, but listen, Woody Washington isn't terrible. Not even close. Woody Washington is a good corner. Yeah, a couple of plays last night. I mean, you know, you mentioned running with somebody. That one down the sideline, yes. he played it exactly like you're supposed yeah, to. He got beat. He sometimes. caught up. Yeah. As soon as the ball hit, the, I mean, he smacked it out of the guy's hands. He played it perfectly. And it was done. Yes. You know? That's he, what was frustrating for me was that the catch was made. And I can, I'm okay with – I want more contested catches made. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, sure. I'm okay with a wide receiver. Make, like the one-handed grab. Mm-hmm. The k- kid was taller, and, and, you know, we've set our piece with that. But he was right there on him, you know, but, I mean, he made the cat, catch. But, if that's, the Billy, wrong, but yeah. if that's Billy Bowman and not Justin Broyles, yes. maybe he knocks it away. Yes. My point is, they're more often than not last night when the catch was made, it was catch, step, 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 then mm-hmm. tackled. Like, where is the defensive back? Where's nope. where's the quarterback? Where's the safety? And then we see the replay. Like they're so scared getting beat deep. Now the one thing I will say about that, if you want to be positive in any way toward that defense, I thought the tackling was by far the best that it's been all year, except for that one. The run, one, the run. one run, and it, it, and it wasn't even almost a missed tackle as much as a bad angle. I mean, Key Lawrence dove at his legs, but he was so on the wrong angle he didn't even really miss the tackle because he wasn't close enough to tackle him. But outside of, but listen, yeah, that's just better. one. Yeah, think I mean, there's normally one a series. So right. I mean, if you, I think you can be both ways. But here's the truth of it: that defense has to get better, or. It's just kind of rolling the same way that it did. You now, know? here's a chicken-egg thing question for you. You mentioned the pressure wasn't there up front from the defensive line. And I mentioned the, the immediate guys that are coming in, trace forward, edge rushers, et cetera. Is it because the secondary looks so porous is because the quarterback has – a lot of time you know sometimes a, a secondary can make, look really good because that quarterback's making bad throws because well, of getting pressure it's not helping <laughs> I mean, it's not i'm i'm not gonna 
sit here and tell you, oh, no, that's secondary. Sometimes a, a safety or a cornerback's going, guy, you got to get a hand up in his well, face. you got to get in there. I can't do this all day. And look what happened on fourth, on that fourth down play where, where Bowman knew we're sending the house. Yeah. I can be aggressive. Yep. He ran the route for him. Yep. Yeah. You know, those are – but here's the problem. If, those, if, if you send the house and it doesn't get home – yeah, Oklahoma doesn't have the guys in the back end no, yeah. outside of maybe Woody to be able to hold up, and we we've seen that for. And this isn't any new thing. This has been for years now. And I think if you if you really want to go silver lining as much as you possibly can, it's this: the the guys the the offensive guys that you wanted to see show out did. Yeah, those running backs. I understand. Yesterday is what I was wanting to see. Those yeah. running backs were awesome. Two true freshman guys that were just awesome. I mean, it, it reminds you moving forward, thinking about the way they can be used. You know, if I'm Lebby, I'm looking at a bunch of 2015, 2016 Oklahoma tape. When yeah. you had Joe yeah. Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. I'm not yep. saying that the, either of those guys are even comparable to those two. But the game but plan. But the yeah, way the, the plan, the two-back right. sets that, you know, it, and if they can catch, I don't who can either one of them. I know Barnes caught one screen, but if they could catch, you know, that's where the, the Rodney Anderson comparison for me, the way that Sawchuck ran it looked like Rodney. But you know what else Rodney could do? He was like a receiver where he could go out and make catches down the field. Now, if he yep. can do that, look out. But once again, it's still offense. When is there going to be defense? And that's the silver lining, I think, with what the recruiting class is that's signed. It's it's high-level defenders that Oklahoma hasn't been getting. You know, uh, portal guys, a higher level. Of, of a portal guy on, on those edge rushers, you know, in, in question about downs and, and canic downs. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think if downs had, you know, and he's still young though. I mean, that's the whole thing. He's still young. It's so, second year. Yeah. yeah. Get bigger, get stronger. And all of a sudden now, instead of, you know, you're, you're, a, you're another piece to all of that going forward. I, you know, Reggie Grimes is huge for a guy outside. I mean, he looks big. I and mean, Oklahoma hadn't had big old guys like that in a long time, so maybe it almost makes him look bigger. But is he a guy? Because in, inside is where Oklahoma really hasn't addressed much outside of Lacey. Is he a guy that can spin down with his with how big he is and make a hand inside? I don't know. And that's and then that's the one glaring weakness of this recruiting class is defensive tackle. I can tell you a name that has to be in this next recruiting class for Oklahoma in 2024. The number one, no doubt, number one priority in this class. David Stone. He's a Dell City kid yeah. that went to IMG. I mean, he and Gerald McCoy were tweeting back and forth last weekend. <laughs> to you know, And obviously, Gerald, like, you know where home is and all that. He is... I'm telling you, I don't know if you can consider it a, a, a – I don't know whatever, what almost whatever happens in this class, the next recruiting class, I don't know if you can consider it a positive He's if he's not in it. He has to – you can't be losing these guys anymore and with a kid that's from Oklahoma at a position of huge need, not only now, but moving forward into the SEC. 
right. start stockpiling those guys like you know the rest of those well, teams. Well, more silver lining. You look at the recruiting clash. You look at the transfers coming in. It's obviously we've touched it on recruiting or on signing day and the day after and the day after. It's heavy on defense. It is. It's, it's clear that Venables was told fix the defense. Oh well, yeah, and he can see it. He's not an idiot. He can see that's the major problem yeah. versus what the offense is. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. Skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, ninety-eight point one FM, the Sports Animal. Wrapping it up for the year, Jared. Can you believe it? Wow, another year. I have a question on the. I just got a question. Who do you consider? This goes back to Trace Ford, kind of what we talked about yesterday, Uh a little bit. Who would you? Who do you consider the bigger trader? In in, you know, air quotes. <laughs> Somebody that was a coach that's leaving, or a player. So here's the question: Coach taking a different job and taking guys he recruited with him, a la Lincoln Riley, sure, or a player jumping in state schools, a la Trace Ford. Well, I mean, the the bigger haul is the coach, right? taking players i mean losing trace ford isn't going to set your program back a couple years losing lincoln riley and then taking the quarterback taking recruits with them and then basically feel like i mean i don't know if trace ford went around stillwater saying no i'm not going anywhere yeah lincoln riley pretty much did that the night of said oh i'm not going anywhere well he didn't go to lsu he didn't go to lsu yeah he allegedly told one of the uh, the kid from Colorado. Jake Taylor. Told him, I'm not going anywhere. I just built a house. But I feel like the, the answer is the coach. I'm always going to say the coach because I think I feel like they're more slimy than, than a young kid. You know what I mean? If But I, I may feel a little bit differently. See, I I know I know that I know the name and what Trace Ford's name. But what is he? What is he right now with the knee injuries? You know, now, yeah. if this was Colin Oliver, I think we could be having a re- – I mean, I don't know the answer to that one. Like, at Lubbock, nobody's calling Baker Mayfield a traitor if he sucked. And he was third-string quarterback at OU. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they made the, T-shirts and went crazy well, about it because they like, man, we had this guy and he left us. Nobody's as upset at Lincoln Riley if he didn't take the Heisman Trophy winner. Right, right. And and look who's and this is I mean it's not to an in-state school, but you don't see a whole bunch of people mad at Caleb Williams around here, do you? 
it's all blamed on Riley. Yeah. And that's I think that's where they should know better. You know, you feel like it's an older guy, a more mature person. They ought to know better. They've lived life a little bit, yeah. Instead of a, a kid that's still in, in college. But, I mean, and we're going to see this more, I think. Wait wait till the first wait till the first uh, Sooner goes to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Wait till that happens. Well, I, like I said yesterday, I think it's more likely to happen now that OU and OSU are in the same, in the conference. same conference. I agree with that 100%. Hey, uh, some of these uh, high school tournaments, basketball tournaments going on, Class A girls, we might have to start rethinking our position. Or at least I'm going to have to start rethinking my position that this is going to be a ceiling cakewalk once we get to the big house. I just want – go go ahead. So ceiling has knocked off two teams uh, in uh, Mustang and then yesterday Class in SAS, which Class in is the defending 4A – State champion, and they're nowhere near the team they were last year. They lost two uh, D1 players, one of which is starting as a true freshman at Baylor. So, you know, obviously she can go. But they still did defeat two top 15 teams so far, one in 6A in Mustang, one in 4A uh, of Classen. Their, res- their reward up there at Mustang in the Mustang Holiday Classic today in the finals, 6A number one defending state champion Edmund North. Fun. Now listen. If they play Edmund North close, if they can keep it within 10, let's say, of Edmund North, or better, that's pretty – Now I've seen that. I saw them pretty win that amazing. title last year. Yeah. They're pretty so, good. So, yeah, Edmund, and, you know. And also now Caddo. Caddo's Class A number two. They will be playing in the finals of the birth of Frank Teague today against 3A number three Bethel. All they've done their last three – they knocked off Class B number two Pittsburgh, fifty to forty six. They beat five A number two Carl Albert in the first round of this tournament, fifty seven forty six. Oh, excuse me. Whoa, you're right. It came out of nowhere. And then yesterday, four A number three Tuttle, fifty six fifty four. That's a pretty good run for Cato. You've also got Riverside that's undefeated, man. And Riverside ceiling could be the finals of the Ward Center Classic next week. Ah, that'd be fun. I wonder about Class A girls in particular. It, it, for one, I love parody, so I'm loving this. I'm hoping this continues. Two, is it top heavy? Is it those two, maybe three, and then big yeah. drop off? You know yeah, are I mean? we are we looking at? First round blowouts in the state tournament, and then semifinals and finals being good. Right, like last year, it was first and second round blowouts until Hydro and Ceiling played. Essentially, but I'm loving the parody. Like I said, I hope it. The same way in Class B too. Yeah, waiting on Lomega and Pittsburgh. We didn't realize that. We didn't realize Pittsburgh was going to beat Hammond like they did. By That's the kind way, of a surpriser. You know, brackets are coming That's, out. That's that Warrior next? Classic. Yeah, that could play. Listen, you could have Hammond Lomega next week. You could have Ceiling Riverside, and I'm sure there's more. I mean, over at Merritt, obviously, you could see Hooker and Merritt. You could see uh, Merritt and Canute, Hooker and Canute. I mean, uh, there's there's going to be some Hooker Canute potential semifinal. That could be fun. Then yeah, fine. That's Saturday, man. I wish I could be in two places at once. Maybe yeah. even three. There's places There's going to be at some once. good ones. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's wrap it up with what are uh, give me some some of your memories. And sports for the year. Well, you just mentioned it. uh, That Saturday in the big house, all those games were decided by 
two or one points those championship games class a and b boys and girls i mean it was one after the other after the other all four of those games were fantastic walked out we were like we'll probably never see a saturday like that again yeah that that stands out that was fun me personally um my kids softball run in the summer to the state championship game and coming up short in extra innings um that's you know and then of course big oak football getting back to the semifinals a magical season winning 4a1 for the first time since 98 is that what we determined um first time they beat clinton weatherford since 98 pretty fun season right there oh what about you what stood out for you uh i i've got big elk football too but for a different reason okay i've got uh what happened in when we found out in january or i guess it was february big elk tv taking home the oab oh yeah well yeah for, for personal stuff sure uh, it, I thought it was really nice to see full stadiums and not hear about COVID, hardly ever. Yeah, that was that was a breath of fresh air. And then, yeah, the the Big Elk football was a blast. Um, you know, it's it's been it, it was just it was fun. You know, it, it you know I think last I think last year you kind of thought with what was coming back, this could be a pretty good team. Yeah, it was a little bit more up in the. I mean, you knew the the guys up front. We're back. What what would the skill guys? How long would it I take mean, we went with in, a new yeah. si- when a, a new system and we all that? We went in thinking this is a playoff, playoff team, team yeah. but how good you yeah. know how good would they really be? And so it was maybe a little bit more, um, not surprising, but but almost but almost more fun. Yeah, the Canadian game was Canadian, just awesome. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I think that 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 was a lot of fun. Obviously, that day that Saturday at the big house was awesome. Just fantastic. I mean, yes. when a <clears throat> gosh, when the when the worst game was an unranked team in Class A boys winning the state title, becoming only like the third team ever in the history of high school basketball in Oklahoma to win as unranked going into the playoffs, well, that was like the third best thing that happened. I mean, you had coaches' kids making free throws to ice games or to to go ahead in games. I mean, it was a wild day. I mean, yeah. I'll never forget that first game of the day was was Sealing Hydro Class A girls. And I was literally sweating as that game moved along because it was so intense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like I was, I was just sitting there sweating, like because we were. It was just into it that much. Aaron Judge home runs on the text line. Yeah, I was thinking more of a local thing, but yeah. that's that was huge nationally. That was awesome, um, national na- nationwide. I mean, we mentioned it too at the beginning of the show that World Cup final. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, but back to the state tournament. I like. Did you like the full week in the big house? Did you oh like yeah, that? that's right. It did. They, the they, they kept that. I kind of see. I kind of forgot that. They're kind of thinking about continuing. I think that. it's always going to be that way now. Uh, I dig that. That was fun because you don't start out the season going, man. I want to get to Carl Albert High School. <laughs> I can't wait to play at Snoo. Can we play no, against in Southern no, Nazarene? Nothing against those places, right. but it's the big house. That's, that's right. That's you, where the road ends. You the big start house. out wanting. Oh, here you go. Speaking of local, speaking of the the Sarah Eagles walk off against the Ada Ducks <laughs> in the state tournament. We should have started this discussion earlier to have our oh yeah listeners chime in. Oh, I've got theirs, a, you know. Yeah, J Mac's favorite is uh, 
Wyatt Compton being an elk. And by the way, speaking to Jay Mack, awesome in that baseball season. Of course. It was yes. awesome. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, you know, that may, we may be able to keep on saying, talking about that yeah. one for a while. Uh, just that, that group and that team. It's all up to him. Right. Don't mess it up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the voice of the big ups. You can say that stuff. <laughs> Thing is, you have to answer that, what you say, too. He's going to come at you. Oh, I can't believe he hasn't already. <laughs> I can't believe Possum didn't tell him, don't mess it up. No, it's, uh, it's been good. What, what about real quick playoff games? Tomorrow. You realize college football playoffs yeah, happening tomorrow. Yeah, you ask me who's going to win? Yeah, what do you think? I think TCU plays a good game. I think it's going to be qu- uh, closer than you think. I think Michigan wins. <clears throat> and I, I just don't. The same thing can be said about Ohio State. You know, they're in there. They're used to being there. They play in high-level games. I could see them playing well, but I think Georgia wins too. I think we'll have some two good semifinal games. Do you think we finally but will? The, but with the favorites <clears throat> winning, I feel like I do. I feel like we will. Something, something make I. I think TCU matches up well with Michigan. I really do. Yeah, I could see the TCU game. Maybe a little bit more, but more. You know, like last year, Alabama, Cincinnati. You never really thought Alabama had any chance to lose that game, but you're also kind of man. If Cincinnati could just do this, could if they could just go score this possession, then we got you know Alabama sweating a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's how that one feels to me, especially in the second half. I think you know Michigan's mo is kind of to not mess around in the first half, but they a lot of times they don't come out. You know, especially in these bigger games. It's been close at halftime, and then they've just blown the doors off of Penn State or yeah. Ohio State or whatever it was in the second half. So I think we might see – and then, you know, middle third, late third, early fourth quarter, we may be that, that golly, if TCU could just go put some points on the board, yeah. we'd have a real game. The other one fascinates me. Yeah. Because it feels like Georgia has been so good that nobody even realizes they are playing Ohio State. You know, like Ohio State is almost like, oh, I don't know, Kentucky or somebody. Right. It is Ohio State. It's still Ohio State. I think there's a bunch of people, I probably was one of them, going into the season that thought Ohio State had a great chance to win it all. Now, they've had injuries, obviously, Smith and Jigba not playing. Travion Henderson, you know, and that offense has still been good, but it's even missing those two extraordinary weapons. And just to see what happens if Georgia would they blink, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a close game, I hope they're close. It's time we start having some good playoff games. I feel there just haven't been I, very many. I of them. feel like it it will be close. I feel like they will be close, but I feel like the favorites are going to come out on top, being Michigan and Georgia. Will we have a single digit game? Oh yeah. Oh, you think so? One of them. I do. That would be nice. By the way, uh, Western Oklahoma Realty College uh, Bowl Mania standings. Three-way tie atop the leaderboard. Me, Possum, and Will. But not... G-Money didn't start until... He's missed a couple games, and he's 15 and 12. So there you go. Still a bunch of them. Listen, that's what, 29 played there's still 14 more so plenty of time to catch up for some people on the western oklahoma really bowl many man it's been fun what a 2022 
See you next year. It'll be a whole <laughs> it'll be a whole different year when we're here on Monday. Jim will be here on Monday. <clears throat> we'll be at the Sarah Golf Course. We'll, uh, we'll have to Sarah ask National. him uh, what, what he said after the game last night. I wonder if he'll address that today. People are mad at Jim on Twitter. Yeah, they are. What else is new? Nothing. <laughs> Only difference is he can't see it anymore because he's not on there. Everybody have a happy new year. We'll be back on Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right.